like the... Uh... Ninja pastor. Let me announce a couple of things to you before I uh, make you do something. Uh, 4.30 today, still Magnolias. It's a good show. Now, it's not for children. It, it, it's, it's, it's for adults. But it's, it's a really good show. Now, uh, when I say it's not for children, it might be for some children. But if you're the adult and you bring the child, just be ready to talk about some stuff. And, and sometimes people get a little sideways with us about that because they kind of go, I thought this is supposed to be family friendly. Well, most everything we do is totally family friendly, but life isn't always family friendly. And so sometimes we do some things that actually touch on a couple of things that, you know, might not be suitable for a six, six-year-old. You know, just might not be. So just, just letting you know up front. Also, uh, speaking of family friendly and suitable for a six-year-old, the women's ministry is uh, doing a cookout, and they're going to have food to go afterwards. So if you want a really great hot dog or hamburger or you know, whatever, and all the stuff that they're cooking, you'll get a great price uh, on the way out. just want to tell you about that. When I was a kid, I think the adults were freer than they are now. Some of them were. Some, some of them were. I don't know about the kids. But, uh, but the adults sure were, uh, because they would sing, and I think it had a lot to do with, this, with the kind of songs they would sometimes sing. And this is the last week that we're doing in the How to Be Happy series, so stand up. <laughs> okay, I got a little song, it's an old song. For those of you who were kind of going, oh yeah, hip-hop, that's what I wanted to come to church to hear. This is for you. And if you don't know the words to it, if you don't know the song, I think by the time you get through it the first time, you'll probably, you'll probably have picked it up by then. At least you'll pick up the first verse, okay? It goes like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Okay, hold on. We're going to, yeah, we're going to go there, but we got, but we got a couple other verses we're going to sing as well. But here's, here's the deal. And, you know, uh, same thing happened in the first service, so y'all are just children of your culture. Uh, but what is happiness? It is the expression of joy. It is the physical manifestation of joy. And so this time we're going to sing it and we're going to go, I've got the joy, 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 joy breaking all over my face. And sing it to somebody. And if, and if they don't look like the joy's breaking all over their face, laugh at them. I've got the joy, 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 joy breaking all over my face. Breaking all over my face. Breaking all over my face, I've got the joy, 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 joy breaking all over my face. Breaking all over my face today, I've got the peace that passes understanding breaking all over my face. Breaking all over my face, breaking all over my face, I've got the peace that passes understanding breaking all over my face. 
breaking all over my face today. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart today. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Woo! Well done. You may be seated. It's a good thing that my dad's gone on to be with the Lord. He might have a problem. <laughs> Actually, he wouldn't. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he was used to me doing stuff in church. <laughs> okay, stand up and, uh, and let's read the scripture together, shall we? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. And I pray that it would impact our lives. That it wouldn't just impact our thinking while we're here, but that it would impact our lives and it would change who we are, transform us into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When I was growing up, there was a phrase that I used to hear fairly frequently. Misery loves company. Ever heard that? Yeah, Uh, it's wrong. There are a lot of miserable people in this world. Now, let me me go ahead and correct this. Misery doesn't love company. Misery loves misery. Really does. Grief, sadness, sorrow, they like company. They, 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 They respond to comfort. Misery doesn't. Misery just wants everybody else to have what it has which is misery. And there are a lot of miserable people in the world. Uh, Kevin was talking about things not being necessarily all that, all that important. I know a lot of people, a lot of people who are living in the wrong place, running with the wrong people, doing things they don't like because it paid better. I mean, we are so easy to manipulate in this culture. All, 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 the, all the enemy has to do is go, ooh, there's a few more dollars over here. Come on, come on. Come, monkey. You know, and we go, we go after it. And end up being miserable. 
on account of it. it end up, you know, leaving the people that we love, being someplace God didn't intend for us to be, but somebody else did intend for us to be there. But sorrow and grief, I mean, they, they, uh, they like comfort. Misery is Job's comforters. Misery, when it comes to comfort someone, misery uh, basically tries to figure out why you're miserable. Because maybe if I can figure out why you're miserable, I can apply that to other people, and they can be miserable as well. Comfort is a very easy thing to give. It really is. And let me just take a second. This is off the subject. Let me just take a second. Some of you already know this, but some of you don't. A lot of us are very uncomfortable comforting people because they're in grief or they're in mourning or they're in sadness, and, uh, and, and we aren't. And we kind of think that we've got to go there as well. You don't have to go there. All you have to do is be there. So all you have to do is just be there. You, know, you can't say anything to make it better. And in fact, the absolute worst thing you can do is try and figure out why it is the way it is. You just go there. That's why Job's comforters were such miserable comforters, Job called them. Because they tried to figure out. Why he, was, why he was going through what he was going about. This is not how God intended us to live. God did not intend us to be miserable. In fact, it says over in Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they were created. God likes to make things that make Him happy. And when Jesus was giving the parable of the, of the, uh, of the tenants, the talents, uh, it was tenants who got talents. There's some alliteration there. I, I could probably take it a little further, but I don't have time. Uh, and, and so when they came to him, you know, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. But that wasn't the kicker. The kicker was enter into your master's happiness. The scripture says in his presence is the fullness of joy. And in his right hand are blessings forevermore. That does not mean that everything that happens, God goes, oh, isn't that so exciting? I'm so glad that happened. No, there are a lot of things that break his heart, but in his presence is still the fullness of joy. In his right hand are still blessings forevermore. What what an incredible way to live. And yet that's how he want, wants us to live. That's why he gave us, that's why he, I don't know why that went backwards. You know, this thing did this to me in, in the early service. So let's see. That's why he gave us these keys. <laughs> he gave us keys on how to be happy, because that's what he wants us to be, on how to be blessed. And the first one here today is, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And the prime example of this in the scripture, in my mind, is this guy David. And when you think about David, what do you think? I mean, most people, you mentioned David, uh, and, and the first thing they think is, King, 
king, killed a giant, uh, greatest king Israel ever had, man of justice, man of mercy, man after God's own heart. And he was those things. Those of you who know a little more about it, know he was also an adulterer and a, and a murderer. In fact, murdered one of his most faithful servants to cover up for his adultery. That's pretty bad stuff. In fact, you know, if you were, if you were a, um, I don't know, governor or politician, president, senator, something today, and you did something like that, hey, how long do you think you'd last? Mm, not very long. And yet David, that's not what we think of when we first think of David. And the reason why is because of God. God told David over in 2 Samuel 7, 9, I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And so when you think of the greatest men who've ever lived, David's in that list. Mankind considers him to be in that list because God did that for him. Why did God do that? Why did God show such mercy to David? It's because David himself was such a merciful man. As I look at David's life, one of the things that is an overriding theme of his life was mercy, mercy, mercy. When, uh, when we used to work with the youth at the Lord's Chapel and Bruce was the, was the, uh, was the youth pastor, you know, I don't know how many times I heard him say, you know, I, I need to extend mercy because I want mercy, because I need mercy. And I, I need mercy. And so, you know, I want to extend mercy. David, David was merciful to Saul. Saul tried to kill him. Saul tried to kill him in his bedroom. Saul tried to kill him at the court. Saul got his army together to go try to kill him. I mean, he wanted to kill him just any way he possibly could. And, and, and twice, Saul was delivered into David's hand so that he could easily have killed him. One time, Saul was by himself in a cave, and David had his old army with him. And, you know, all David had to do was just go... You know, and Saul's dead. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. The other time, David didn't even have to do it. His cousin Abishai was with him and said, let me kill him. Uh, you know, I, uh, you can look the other way. And David goes, no, 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 that's not, that's not how I roll. That's not how God rolls. And David was a man after God's own heart. You say, well, he committed adultery and murder. <laughs> he was a man after God's own heart. He didn't, he didn't knock it out of the park every day. But he basically had this mercy. There was a guy named Naboth that David had good reason to want to kill. In fact, he didn't want to kill him. In fact, he got his army together to go kill him. And, and on the way there, Naboth's uh, wife, uh, Abigail, that was her name, wasn't it? Yeah, Abigail came and, and met him. And uh, was that her name? Yeah, okay, Room full of Bible scholars, just got to be sure. Uh, and Abigail came and met him and said, you know, my Lord, don't do this. And you know what the reason was for not doing it? You don't want this on your conscience. Let God take care of it. And David goes, whoa, you're right. I, I mean, think this patriarchal society, this this militaristic society, David is the head of an army, and a woman comes to him and says, 
you, you don't want to do this because you need to let God take care of it. And he had the sense and the wisdom and the grace to go, she's right. I do need to let God take care of it. What a man. What a man. When his, when his, when his son Absalom rebelled against him, David didn't want Absalom killed. Uh, uh, and, and when he was leaving Jerusalem, running away from Absalom, uh, there was this idiot named Shimei who came out and threw rocks at him and, and was yelling bad stuff at David. And, and David's commander turned to him and said, let me go kill this dog. And David goes, no, no, we're not killing dogs today. You know, my own son is wanting to kill me. We're not, we're not going to go after this Benjamite. Let's just move on. David was a man of mercy. And Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Here's the deal. When something happens in your life, when somebody truly wrongs you or slightly wrongs you or, or whatever, you got two choices, misery or mercy. Those are the only two choices. You can go with one or the other. And Jesus says, if you will, if you will do mercy, then you'll find mercy and you'll be happy. And you really will. It's not just when you stand before God. It, it's now. It's right now. And then he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we think about this, we default uh, to thinking that the reward for the pure in heart is one day I shall see him. I will see him out there one day. Uh, I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. Because the truth is, one day every eye will see him. You know, pure, pure in heart or not pure in heart. Look, he's coming in the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. One day every tongue will confess he is Lord. One day every knee will bow. And even the believers, even those who are, who are walking with him right now, uh, they'll get to see him a little better, but that's across the board as well. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as, as he is. Uh, Jeff referenced that when he, was, when he was doing communion. Neither one of these verses say anything about pure in heart. One day, everybody's going to see him. Jesus says that if you're pure in heart, you will see God. It's not just the thought of some future celestial event that's supposed to make you happy. On days when you really sin a lot, and you have them, I know you do, because I have them, and you know better than I am. And I'm no better than you are. On days when you really sin a lot, you don't want to see God. You really don't. Adam and Eve used to walk with God in the cool of the day. God would come down and visit them. I mean, wow, what is better than that? But on the day that they sinned, they ran and hid when he came down. And that's really the way that it is. It's what Isaiah says about Jesus over in Isaiah 53.3. Like one from whom men hide their faces. When you sin against somebody, when you've got... When you've got that barrier there, and every sin is against God. But when you sin against somebody, you don't want to see them. Goodness, no. You know, you, uh, when, when you're in the grocery store and, and you catch a glimpse of them out of the corner of your eye, you become so interested in the avocados. Wow, look at that one. 
you know, I, I don't see anybody out of the corner of my eye, you know, until you see out of the corner of your eye that they're gone. But when you, you know, when it's just the opposite, when it's, when it's, when you, when you start the day with the word, start the day with some prayer, maybe start the day with a little worship, you know, maybe start the day reading the pastor's New Testament blog, you just get filled up, you know, there you, you go into that day and man, he's everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere you look, you start to see him. That was, yeah, there it is. It's everywhere. Everywhere I go, I see you. 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 I got that joy, 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 joy. I mean, on those days, you do, you see him, you see him in the, you, you, the, the, the lady who's directing traffic at, at school patrol. You know, on the days that you're sinning and you're driving a school patrol doing 16, she's looking at you going. <laughs> <laughs> and on the days that you've been, you've been pure in heart, and you're seeing God, you dri- and you're, you're driving a school patrol doing 22 and she's going. Am I right? Yeah. You know, the days that you're seeing God everywhere, your boss is not at work. He took off. (laughs) It's just, you see him everywhere. You You see beauty and you realize he's here. He made this. Ooh. And you know what? You're happy. Blessed are the pure in heart. I, I sometimes get in a little troubled about this, but I've got to go here quickly anyway. Getting into heaven, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And when you stand before God, it, getting into heaven is, is about that. He has that covered. This, this, this pure in heart business, is so that you don't live in hell before you get there. It's so that you can start living in heaven now and, and, and be ready for it when it comes. Then he says, uh, oh, oh, come on. Yeah. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Okay. Don't just listen to half of this, because if you do, you'll end up mad at me. But listen to all of it. Uh, we, uh, we are a very warring culture. We are a very warlike culture. And it's, it's just, it's who we are. It's, it's who we are. I don't know if it's got to do with the cowboys and Indians or what it's got to do with, but that's just, that's, it's ingrained in us. That's who we are. And God, God is a... Uh, God did not make this thing. This thing was made by uh, a, a, a man. But God is a warrior. He's, an, he's the ultimate warrior. He, talk about the ultimate warrior. He is. He absolutely is. And when, when he comes, when Jesus returns, yes, indeed, there's going to be the battle of Armageddon going on, and he's going to sort that thing out in very short order. 
That's for sure. And we are called to put on the full armor of God. There are militaristic things in, in the scripture, no, no doubt about it. Called to fight the good fight. But the thing is, the fight isn't what we think it is. It isn't what we default to. The only weapon in, in, in the only offensive weapon in the armor of God is the Word of God. And somehow we've even taken that and managed to turn it into the image of bludgeoning people with it. You don't bludgeon with the Word of God. You just let it shine. You present the Word of God. And it does the work that it was sent forth to do. I don't understand the passage where Jesus told the disciples, you need a sword now. I'll just be honest, I don't understand that passage. But I know that you can't take that passage and build a case for Christian jihad about it. Because it wasn't a couple of hours later that Peter pulled that sword out and Jesus said, put that away. Whoever uses that will die by that. That's not what I'm talking about. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will, nowhere are we commanded to spread the gospel through force. And every, every attempt to do so in history has been a disaster. Now, I'm not saying that there's no place for an army. I'm not saying that there's never wars to be fought. I'm not saying that, you know, fighting to defend and protect isn't right. Those things are right, okay? I'm just saying that that's not the way you spread the gospel. And every time, that, every time that we've tried to do that, like I said, it's been a disaster. The Crusades, that really opened up the Muslims to the gospel, didn't it? No. It's, I think he was being sarcastic. I set it back. Hundreds of years. Uh, the, the Spanish Inquisition... Uh, it was a different kind of, you know, it was like, we've got the force, we've got the power, and now we're going to make everybody come in line. You know what the Spanish Inquisition was about? The Spanish Inquisition was about basically um, uh, people that were suspected of being backsliders and getting Jews to convert. That really worked, didn't it? And then in our own country, we've got that uh, wonderful heritage of the Salem witch trials where we managed to go out and, you know, kill some sinners. And that's just not, God is a peacemaker. The greatest peacemaker of all is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he didn't use a big gun to do it. There was bloodshed, but it was his. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Make peace with all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. And Jesus says that those who are peacemakers... See, we're not talking about weakness or appeasement here. No, that's not what we're talking about. I mean, which, which which would take more strength? For Jesus to stand before His accusers and they're saying all these things about Him and He opens not His mouth? Or for him to call 72,000 angels to come and wipe them all out. Which takes more strength? Stand there. Let them say it. That's the strength. That's the power. 
If he'd come and wiped them all out, he would have been defeated. Uh, oh, no, I, I don't mean he'd have been defeated in like lost the battle. I mean he'd been defeated in like lost all of us. Lost the world. And Jesus says that those who, those who will be peacemakers, when, when we go to aggressive war in the flesh, especially for religious reasons, then we're acting out the deeds of our Father, but it ain't the Father we think it is. But when we're peacemakers, and like I said, it kind of rubs against us the wrong way, because that's not necessarily, I mean, we like to think of peacemaker as a big, big gun, but when we, that, that notion of peacemaker, that's what we've been called to be. That's when God goes, yeah, those are my kids right there. That's, that's them. Now, he's going to claim us regardless, but when we're peacemakers, he really claims us. He's conforming us to his image already. And that's what he is. The ultimate peacemaker. And you know what? Makes you happy. Makes you happy because dad looks at you and goes, my kid. But it also makes you happy because seeing people reconcile to God is a whole lot better than seeing people blown to bits. Really is. Seeing an enemy won over is a whole lot better than seeing an enemy killed. Makes you happy when you see that take place. And if you like that one, you're going to love this one. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I believe the Bible. And I believe all of these things that that I've been preaching. And I believe this. I just don't like it. I mean the idea of persecution and. And being falsely accused and stuff, I, that just, I just, it's just hard for me to get, it, get worked up about that, at least in an exciting, good kind of way. But Jesus said, this is a good thing, and rejoice. And, and there, there are four things I just want to very quickly say about it, and, and I will be quick with it. One is, is actually, the first one is three things. Because of righteousness, falsely because of me and it's God's righteousness it's not my righteousness it's not me putting on my 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 phony righteous clothes and going out and and offending a bunch of people and and them going ooh, don't like that no it's it's true righteousness with God and it it says falsely there's no blessing in getting called on something you actually did seriously Peter says you know what 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 benefit is it what have you gained if you get punished for doing wrong. But if you're punished wrongly for Christ's sake, and that's the other thing, because of me. There's no reward for, for being annoying 
or being a jerk and people not wanting to be around you because you are annoying. And sometimes we, we have felt called to do that. And I'm not, you know, it's kind of funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. It's true. It's what it is. But so when these things happen, though, the, this, one, this one requires us to respond in a certain way. It doesn't, it says that you're blessed, but it also tells you that this is what you're supposed to do when it happens. Rejoice. Be glad. See, sometimes you just have to have it explained to you as to what the proper response is. When Margaret and I, when Margaret and I first got married, I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know, I didn't know, how, to, I didn't know how to handle a wife or treat a woman or anything. And Margaret would at times stop and explain to me, you don't say that, you say this. And I would go, oh, okay. You know, if you've been married more than then 10 years and your wife says how do I look dear and you say fine what's wrong with you she don't want to hear fine unless it's fine and you can get away with that but you're not going to get away with fine you're cruising for a bruising where was I? Uh, but, but she, you know, she would tell me and I would listen and I'm a good husband because I learned. When I was, when I was a little kid, uh, some of you have been here a long time, heard me share this before, but when I was in grammar school, my parents would make me do these talent shows. <laughs> it, I, I really, I didn't like it, but uh, I remember being, every year I'd have to be in the Millersville Elementary School talent show and sing. <laughs> Can you relate, Sam? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, and I remember one year, and this was, I don't know how old I was. I might have been eight or nine. This was when girls still had cooties. You know, this is before they get rid of them. And I had I'd, I'd sung in the talent show, and, and one of the girls who had the most cooties in the class came up to me afterwards and said, that was really good. And I said, I know. <laughs> and my dad jerked my hand. I said, what? She got cooties. <laughs> my dad jerked my hand. He said, you just say thank you. And it was like, oh. Oh. The light had turned on. Uh, that was one of the greatest things my dad ever did for me. Because I realized, like from that age on, you just say thank you. That's it. That's all it takes. And Jesus says, when people persecute you because of righteousness' sake, when, when people say things falsely about you, when, 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 when people uh, punish you because of Him, because you love Him, not because you annoyed them, but because you love Him, Rejoice, be glad, and you have to understand that this one, this one is in eternity. This one is in the life to come. It's not like you're going to go, well, preacher, how are you going to make it sound like being persecuted is, is uh, happy? It's not. This one takes faith. This one takes patience. This one takes the ability to see beyond 
this world and into the next one before you, before you begin to get a hold of it. But, but it will. It will. And not only that, Jesus is saying that when this happens to you, you have joined a long line of heroes. This is what they did to the prophets. This is what they did to those who went before you. Remember in Acts, Peter and John got beaten for preaching the gospel and they walked away rejoicing because they were considered worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. Never really thought of myself being in league with Peter and John. I don't know that I am in league with Peter and John, but those who get the privilege of this are. God wants us to reflect his glory. In the midst of plenty, in the midst of want, in the midst of smooth sailing, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of life in a fallen world. And if we do that, we're blessed. We're happy. Would you stand with me? What a good day. Baptism and baby, actually a whole family dedication and, and the youth dance. and We sang joy, joy, joy. It's a good day. Those who are going to pray with people come forward. You know, I know that we, we live in such a, in such a hurting world. Last week was Mother's Day. Feels like it was about two months ago, but it was last week. Last week was Mother's Day. Uh, and Mother's Day is one of those days that you just think, that's just how much fuzzier and warmer and more beautiful can it get? But I, you find out after you pastor for a little while that if you really make a big deal out of Mother's Day, you're going to send a lot of people out of here crying. Because it's a day that hurts for a lot of people for various reasons. And you can have happy day, and it hurts because there are a lot of people who just aren't there. There's just so much adversity and stuff going on in their life, and that's okay. That's okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying everybody's got to be there right now. Let's all put our happy face on, except when I'm leading the song. But what I am saying is, that's where we're going. Don't camp in misery. If you need prayer for anything today, if you, you know, if you, if you need to get your groove back, I, you know, if you need prayer for financial things or physical things or relationship things, so if you need prayer, you come forward. This is part of the process. This is part of, this is part of how we allow him to minister to us because truly he's the only one who can. We're going, to, we're going to worship for a few moments. Wait on those who need prayer. Come. I'll be changed for a lifetime in just one
Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world to change things to give us beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness may his joy be yours and may your happiness share his joy with a world in desperate need of it through Jesus Christ our Lord